Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 Florida Governor Ron DeSantis weighs in on the potential Trump indictment calling it a weaponization of the office Yes they may do a high profile politicized prosecution but the real victims are ordinary New Yorkers President Joe Biden issues his first veto on a Republican-led ESG retirement investing bill. Using woke ideology to guide how you might invest it. Amazon to lay off an additional 9,000 employees. It has affected white-collar jobs. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, March 21st. I'm Mike Scott. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has weighed in on the possible indictment of former President Donald Trump by dismissing the effort of Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who is seeking an indictment over alleged hush money payments made to an adult film star, Stormy Daniels, in 2016. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know this. The, the Manhattan District Attorney is a Soros-funded prosecutor, and so... He, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, they weaponize their office to impose a political agenda on society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety. He has downgraded over 50% of the felonies to misdemeanors. He says he doesn't want to even have jail time for the vast, vast majority of crimes. And what we've seen in Manhattan is we've seen the, sky, the, the crime rate go up and we've seen citizens become less safe. And so... You're talking about this situation with, and look, I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about porn star hush money payments, you know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda and weaponizing the office. And um, I think that that's fundamentally wrong. DeSantis also says that, in his opinion, when it comes to politically motivated stunts like this, the real victims are everyday Americans. I also think it's important to point out when you're talking about these Soros-funded prosecutors, yes, they may do a high-profile politicized prosecution, uh, and that's bad, but the real victims are ordinary New Yorkers, ordinary Americans in all these different jurisdictions, that they get victimized every day because of the reckless political agenda that these Soros DAs bring to their job. They ignore crime and they empower criminals, and that hurts people, hurts a lot of people every single day. The Soros district attorneys are a menace to society, and I'm just glad that I'm the only governor in the country that's actually removed one from office during my tenure. 
DeSantis's comments are not far off base. In fact, according to reports in 2022, during Bragg's first year as Manhattan's top prosecutor, he downgraded more than half of felony cases to misdemeanors, a move that came at a time when crimes were up 27.6 percent in New York City. Bragg also declined to prosecute 35 percent more felony cases than in 2019. Judge Andrew Napolitano joined the Salem Radio Network and explains what to expect should Donald Trump be indicted. I don't think he's going to be arrested in the typical way where they knock on the door and take you away in handcuffs. I think they will give him the opportunity to surrender. And then once he surrenders with his uh, Secret Service entourage, this is bizarre that the Secret Service uh, will be there. The booking process is is relatively benign. It's a little humiliating, but it's relatively benign. You know, if you're going if you're going to be admitted to bail, which obviously he will, be released on his own recognizance, meaning you're the most recognizable person on the planet. Where are you going to go? Um, he just has his uh, has to be fingerprinted. He has to be weighed and measured. He's not going to like the weighing part. <laughs> Talk to him about his weight so many times. <laughs> it's going to kill me for saying this. But anyway, it's got to be weighed and measured. And then the mugshot. And that mugshot, of course, will be around the world in, in 30 minutes as soon as they release it. And then he appears before a judge. Uh, who will say, you know, are you Donald Trump? Yes, I am. Do you understand the charges against you, or do you want them read? He'll say, no, I understand them. Okay, released on your own recognizance. I'll see counsel in uh, in a month, uh, uh, leave the courtroom, and then, of course, there'll be quite a scene outside. That's what we can expect this week. Napolitano breaks down what is known about the case. The charges are rather esoteric, Joe. This DA's office usually prosecutes crimes that we all understand. Murders, rapes, robberies, burglaries, break-ins, th- things that we understand. This is, this is a, a real white-collar crime, which Joe Tacopina, a good friend of mine who's Trump's uh, defense attorney, will yeah. say this is a bookkeeping error. So Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, will say, uh, I paid off Stormy Daniels with my own money. I took a $150,000 home equity loan on my house, and I gave 130000 to a phony corporation in Delaware, which gave the 130000 to Stormy Daniels' lawyer, who gave it to her. And Stormy and Donald signed mutual releases. Joe, he signed under an assumed name. <laughs> you can't make this up. He did not sign Donald Trump. He signed David Dennison. A name that, that that Cohen made up. Okay, so far so good. No problem, no crime. Hush money is paid uh, all the time. Except that when they reimbursed Cohen for the 130, they paid him $10,000 a month for 13 months. They booked it as legal expenses. They didn't book it as settlement of litigation, hush money, whatever. The judge lays out the one question that prosecutors will need to answer. New York has a very unique statute, unique New York, Joe. And that statute is if you intentionally falsify corporate books, even a corporation that's family-owned, it's not publicly traded, like the Trump uh, organization, you've committed a misdemeanor. Misdemeanor, you don't go to jail, you pay a fine, you correct the books. Unless, (laughs) Unless 
if you're still with me, dear Joe. The whole purpose yep. of the scheme was to hide a felony. Well, what would the felony be? Ah, the felony would be the use of corporate funds from the Trump organization as a campaign contribution. What's the campaign? This happened two weeks before the election in 2016. At that time, everybody thought Hillary was going to uh, win yeah. and Donald yeah. would lose. So here's what it comes down to. Was Stormy Daniels paid to save Donald's campaign or to save Donald's marriage? That's what the and, whole and, case will come down to. If it was to save the campaign, it's a felony. He could go to jail. If it was to save his marriage, it's normal. It's human. He shouldn't have been indicted. Napolitano believes there may be a political angle to a potential indictment. Was somebody pulling strings on all this? I don't think so. But there is a common mentality among the exactly. Democrats, which is we've got to get Joe or somebody like Joe back in there, because if this guy goes back in the White House, he's going to seek revenge on us. That's a common view amongst Democrats today, whether they whether yeah. they conspire together or not, they, they think that way. Meanwhile, House Republicans have sent a letter to the Manhattan DA Bragg demanding information related to the DA's case against former President Donald Trump. The information Republican lawmakers demanded includes communications, documents, and testimony relating to Bragg's unprecedented abuse of prosecutorial authority and the potential indictment of former President Donald Trump. Instead of focusing on the actions of China, Russia, or Iran, the U.N. is instead focusing on climate change. The U.N. calling for massive acceleration of climate efforts that include ending oil, gas, and coal, and redistributing wealth on a global scale to achieve its goal of net zero emissions worldwide. U.N. Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez urges for climate action at what he called warp speed amid the release of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's synthesis report. Humanity is on thin ice, and that ice is melting fast. As today's report of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, details... Humans are responsible for virtually all global heating over the last 200 years. The rate of temperature rise in the last half century is the highest in 2,000 years. Concentrations of carbon dioxide are at their highest in at least 2 million years. Gutierrez calls the milestone report a, quote, survival guide, end quote, requiring a massive global focus. Today's IPCC report is a how-to guide to defuse the climate time bomb. It is a survival guide for humanity. As it shows, the 1.5 degree limit is achievable, but it will take a quantum leap in climate action. Gutierrez says this week's report amounts to a call to arms. This report is a clarion call to massively fast-track climate efforts by every country and every sector 
and on every time frame. However, Tom Harris, executive director at the International Climate Science Coalition, says we don't even know whether it's going to warm or cool in the future. Various people who study the sun, for example, Dr. Patterson, they show that we're headed into a grand solar minimum around 2060 and that we'll see gradual cooling over the next few decades. So the bottom line is we have no clue what's going to really happen. So the only sensible approach is to get ready for it, to make our infrastructure hardened, to use solid, dependable sources of energy like coal. This is a piece of coal from eastern Kentucky. And not to turn off our solid, reliable energy sources for flimsy wind and solar power. The plan from the U.N. to tackle climate change calls for, quote, all governments, end quote, to secure assurances that business leaders will help them deliver on the extra effort by creating and enabling a suitable policy and regulatory environment. On Monday, President Joe Biden vetoed his first bill, blocking the repeal of a Labor Department rule that permitted retirement investing tied to environmental and social goals. I just signed this veto because the legislation passed by the Congress would put at risk the retirement savings of individuals across the country. They couldn't take into consideration investments that wouldn't be impacted by climate, impacted by overpaying executives, and that's why I decided to veto it. It makes sense to veto it. However, the move did not surprise many Republicans who were expecting the White House to veto the Republican-led effort to pass a rollback on the bill. That would roll back the Biden administration's policy of encouraging retirement plan managers to incorporate environmental and social factors into investment decisions. Now, Wall Street firms and trade groups largely stayed on the sidelines during the fight, despite being the subject of criticism from Republican lawmakers. Lobbyists were confident that Biden would veto the repeal, And the industry is also laying low as the issue makes its way through the courts. State of Texas is leading a multi-state lawsuit to block the rule. Republican Senator Mike Braun of Indiana says that the veto is just the latest example of how the Biden administration doesn't understand how their economic policies hurt everyday Americans. That again buys into what I think is causing all the issues in this country, Stu. We're trying to take an enterprising federal government that not only through the bipartisan stuff, they doubled down for two years, borrowing all this money from our kids and grandkids for their latest and craziest ideas. Who in their right mind would want our 401k managers to be using woke ideology to guide how you might invest it. And that's exactly what was going on at the SVB bank as well. So a lot of that comes home to roost. The House is scheduled to vote Thursday on overturning the veto per a floor schedule circulated last Friday. Near unanimous Democratic opposition makes it unlikely the effort will garner the two-thirds support needed. Medicaid will end for millions of Americans in the coming months. That pushes many into unfamiliar territory, the health insurance marketplace. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has more on this developing story from Washington. States will start cutting people from the government-funded coverage when they no longer qualify based on income. 
It's a process that has been paused since shortly after the COVID-19 pandemic hit. The timing of these cuts will vary, but all states have insurance markets where people who lose Medicaid can buy new coverage with help from subsidies. In another hammer blow to the tech sector, Amazon announced that it will lay off another 9,000 employees in the coming months. Amazon says it plans to slash 9,000 more jobs from its workforce. That's in addition to the 18,000 they announced at the end of January and another 10,000 earlier this month. Well, that is a big number. The layoffs come as the Federal Reserve closely monitors economic indicators. And the country's central bank is going to meet this week to make a decision on whether and by how much to raise interest rates in an effort to cool off the economy. The new layoffs come on top of the previously announced cuts that began in November, which totaled more than 18,000. According to a statement released by the company, Amazon made the decision to lay off more employees in order to streamline cost as it looks to an uncertain economy. The online retail giant also froze hiring in its corporate workforce, axed some experimental projects, and slowed warehouse expansion. CNBC's Deidre Boso says that the jobs were also cut due to forecasting that growth would drop in the coming year. Where they're taking place, right, you've got Amazon Web Services and advertising. We know that these are some of the grossiest and also very much so the most profitable parts of Amazon. So it's interesting that they're taking place here. And like David was just talking about, it took time to figure out where they needed to cut. So maybe these weren't the obvious places. But when they look at becoming a more lean organization, even these growthier ones, uh, parts of the company get cut. But when you look at an AWS, and we've talked a lot about this, the growth rate used to be in the 30s, 40s percent. That is expected to drop to the mid-teens in the current quarter and potentially decelerate even more throughout the year. So it makes sense they were cutting here. Boso points out that blue-collar workers in the company so far have been largely left unscathed. They're the number two private employer in America now. And what's interesting, though, is at Amazon, it has affected white-collar jobs. But so far, at least as far as we know, it hasn't affected those warehouse workers at a time when we know that that e-commerce is slowing. Amazon is undergoing the largest layoffs in company history after it went on a hiring spree during the COVID pandemic. Amazon shares closed down 1% on Monday. Ahead of the spring break driving season, it's now not as pricey to fill up your gas tank. Daybreak Insider's Rita Foley breaks down the numbers at the gas pump. Gas prices are pretty much holding steady. It's three forty-four a gallon, but remember a year ago? Gas was four twenty-five a gallon, eighty-one cents more than it is today, says the AAA. As usual, the highest prices these days are in California. Gas is four eighty-five a gallon there. The lowest prices are in the South and the Midwest, two ninety-eight in Oklahoma and Mississippi, according to the AAA. I'm Rita Foley. A new study from the Pentagon finds that not only do military pilots have higher rates of cancer, so do the ground crews who maintain the aircraft. We get more on this story from. Daybreak Insider Jackie Quinn. 
A year-long study of nearly 900,000 U.S. service members involved in aviation compared their rates of different cancers to others and finds a 24% increase overall. When it comes to melanoma, the flight group had an 87% higher rate and thyroid cancer was 39% higher. The data has been long sought by retired military aviators who have been raising alarms for years, but were told that previous military studies found no higher rate of cancer than in the general population. The second phase of this study will isolate potential causes. I'm Jackie Quinn. And finally, this is no joke. According to new research, dad jokes are an example of good parenting. My friend David lost his ID. Now he's just Dav. (laughs) Researchers suggest that exposing your child to dad jokes can develop important coping mechanisms that will serve them well in adulthood. By embarrassing them with an eye-roll-inducing joke, kids will learn to toughen up and survive future embarrassment by realizing embarrassment isn't so bad. My brother-in-law was addicted to the hokey pokey. It was a rough couple of years, but he turned himself around. (laughs) Researcher Mark Hyde Knudsen at the Aarhus University Cognition and Behavioral Lab writes that by teasingly striking at their children's egos and emotions without teetering over into bullying. Fathers build their children's resilience and train them to withstand minor attacks and bouts of negative emotion without getting all worked up or acting out, teaching them impulse control and emotional regulation. You know what the uh, pirate paid for his earrings? Buccaneer. Hi <laughs> Knudsen goes on to suggest that dads continue to tell their children bad jokes because it's part of a tradition. And perhaps one day you'll hear your children telling the same joke when they themselves become parents. I ate four cans of alphabet soup yesterday. Then I probably had the biggest vowel movement ever. <laughs> Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. 